Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Everybody, we're uh, it's uh, Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. I'm host Austin, and I just stole Brenda's intro. <laughs> That's okay. I was over here too busy doing the. <laughs> 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 it's gray and cold. Uh, sucks. It sucks. I don't know. Do you do you have any news, Brenda? No. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, Lucy Liu's going to be in the next Shazam movie. That's cool. Neat. Hopefully it has no involvement from Jeff Johns. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, in case you fucking forgot Jeff Johns, we didn't. Jeff Um, Johns was very involved in the first Shazam, so that's why I bring that up. Um, What else? Um, There's a live-action Gundam being worked on by the person whose name I can't be bothered to remember who just directed Godzilla vs. King Kong. And also written by Brian K. Vaughn. Oh, yeah, that is the more important part. Uh, yeah, that's the big one. Brian K. Vaughn is the comic book writer of books such as Saga, which is one of the highest selling... Little known book. Little indie yeah, book nobody, from Image. nobody knows what Saga is. It definitely didn't revolutionize the comic book industry as a whole or anything. <laughs> he also wrote uh, Why the Last Man, which is... Mm-hmm. Which, that's the big one. <laughs> which is, like, I feel like most people at least have seen it. Like, they're like... I don't know that. I don't know any comics. And you take out Wada Lesman, like, oh, that one. There's That's... like a there's like a coffee size table when I'm Barnes and Noble. I always see like yeah, um, like I feel like for a long time, Why the Last Man was just like the comic book people talked about when they you didn't want to talk about a superhero book. Yeah, no, and now it's good. Saga. Yeah, now it's Saga. So same guy, <laughs> um, Brian K. Vaughn also wrote. Um, the very awful <laughs> We Stand on Guard, which I talked about on my other podcast. Oh, yeah. He wrote, <laughs> I, I personally love Paper Girls, and I think... Oh, how could I forget? <laughs> we have to see how Saga wraps up, but I'm like, I think Paper Girls might be better in that, like, it was concise. Because Saga's kind of... Saga's been yeah. on break for an indefinite amount of time now. It's been, like, three years? Yeah, they just, like... Saga, like... Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples, who's, like, the main artist on it, kind of work on Saga whenever they fucking feel like it. Um, yeah, well, it's like they just, like, I guess Brian K. Vaughn just made an announcement that was like, we are thinking about it. And it's like, yeah, I think about my <laughs> unupdated fan fictions every day. Like, it doesn't mean they get updated. <laughs> Don't worry, guys. I'm still thinking about my OCs. Yeah, literally all of us think about our OCs every single day, Brian. Like, listen, <laughs> I, I think about my OCs every day. It doesn't mean I'm doing shit about it. I mean, when I wake up, oh, I should write the Detective Conan Digimon crossover today. And then I just don't. I just take a nap instead. Yeah, like, sh- come on. Um, I do know Fiona Staples had some life issues. Like, all of her mm. all of her socials were hacked at some point. Oof. 
um they were like hacked and then sold like which happens a lot when you are when you're like so when you're big but not big enough like like we know who fiona staples is you the listener may have no idea what we're talking about um but she's big enough and has a big enough following that they'll get targeted to be hacked and then sold to influencers who want to have like a Mm -hmm. big following out of nowhere because you'll people don't notice that she gets hacked and then they change all the stuff but you're already following them so even if they change the handle you're already following them and you assume you followed them on purpose and you just it happens way more than you think yeah exactly and that's kind of what happened um and i also know like fiona staples art style is like very involved Mm -hmm. like it takes a lot to do art but like fiona staples art i think she also does she do the letter she does something else for saga too but anyway she does she do is she also the color does she does the colors she might also do the colors I can't verify that, but I feel like she does like at least two things, whether it's like she does like the line art as well, but it's like very, very involved. And I know like um, another comic book artist, Jamie McKelvey Mm -hmm. also has like kind of like a very Jamie McKelvey's art is like very unsettling. Like Mm -hmm. I don't hate it, but like it's like detailed in a very specific way. But anyway, Mm -hmm. I know Jamie McKelvey's come out and said that um, after wicked and divine which i think did wrap up yes he would never be able to do another monthly book like that ever again because he did too much damage to his body jesus yeah i don't know um if you've never looked into like how a comic gets mean everybody so a writer writes it and they listen it takes time i'm i'm someone who only writes you know brenda right like it takes time for us to write and then an artist Mm -hmm. spends four four times that amount of time making one page (laughs) yeah yeah it's like writing like i can just be like all right and then there was a group of people and it doesn't take me any more effort to write that sentence than it does you know to write any other sentence in existence but you know a a writer comic artist team that work well together takes in consideration like how much effort every word they say yeah is going to be on the artist but like ones who aren't very experienced with that will just be like oh i can just like have a massive scene with a hundred characters and it's yeah not i was thinking deal. in my head like oh yeah i want to spread with like every person who's ever been an avenger and that artist is gonna cry for the next four days yeah there's like that quote that goes around and i don't remember who said it but just know you're on my shit list whoever you are but like they're <laughs> like yeah it's not like movies you can have just like as many characters as you fucking want on one page and like the artist is just silently crying in the background like <laughs> their hands are bleeding <laughs> yeah they're just like please no i can't draw one more character you know if you consider that like artists who like do commissions and do like uh character art charged mm-hmm. by the character mm-hmm. and then like compound that into comics where they they just get charged by the page so it doesn't yeah, they, matter what's on that page do, they do not get to do that you might think they could be like so li- hey in the, a lot and sometimes they'll they'll just hire an artist and they're like yeah i need you to do everything else so it's up to the artist if they want to find a colorist or a flatter mm-hmm. or someone to do a letter like it, they're like that's coming out of your pay i just want you to do the art figure it out yeah it's you know it's an absolute shit show but uh that is that is not as i don't believe brian k vaughn and fiona staples sound like they work very well together brian k vaughn is not very public facing so most of what i know Mm -hmm. is from fiona's point of view but she seems to like working with him so yeah i mean they've worked together for a very long time so it seems like it's a solid it's a solid partnership yeah Yeah. whenever Uh, saga comes back (laughs) (laughs) whenever it comes back around um so yeah that's, that's a big deal that he's working on that that he's writing that Gundam show, it'll probably be good. Uh, we don't know anything about it other than that it's happening. Um, 
that that's that's all I've got. That's like passing news I knew about. There's not it, there's not been a lot going on in no nerd world. There's not like there's been some trailers and other stuff, but there's not been like big stuff because frankly I'm guessing a lot of big stuff got halted. Yeah. So we're like reaching the point where it's just like, oh, we've run out of stuff. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> they're like, hey, Fast and Furious Nine's gonna come out for real this time. Like that's where we're at because like there's stuff that got halted with releases that they're like Black Widow's gonna come out this year finally. So it's a lot of stuff mm-hmm. that's like, well, we already talked about this when it was supposed to drop, and now it's dropping. So yeah, um, Mugen Train is uh, finally at the station. Mm-hmm. Um, our local, well, I guess your local, not mine because I'm, I'm on the east side now. But anyway, local theater is doing a pop-up drive-in. Yeah. Which is wild to think about that they're going to show Mugen Train on a screen out in the parking lot. Like, I've I seen want, an episode of Demon Slayer. I like. want to go. I cannot stress enough, everybody, how upset I am because they're showing Mugen Train in IMAX. Mm-hmm. For like like one night only. I mean, it's not going to be out that long because it's an anime movie yeah. p- to begin with. Um, but they're like one night only. Mugen Train IMAX, and I'm like, I would, th- I would do almost anything to see UFO tables stuff. They they animated for IMAX. Do you have any fucking? Yeah. Do you have any fucking idea how good that's going to be? How oh. dare you drop that right now? I hope they like bring it back like later because like i know g kids which does like a lot of like anime mm-hmm. films in theaters is doing like older film films like over the summer and i'm like can we can you guys do Mugen train in imax next year like yeah it's oh my god i've i looked into renting an imax theater and as far as i can find online my local theater will not let you which is fair god. i can't i cannot imagine how much money that would be <laughs> valid it makes sense but i'm still like God. I almost called them and was like, hear me out. Ain't, ain't nobody. Listen, I looked at the 10 o'clock showing and there's one person. Do you think they would be cool if <laughs> I rented it? They can they can still come, but... But everyone else is just going to be my friends. I hope you understand. Yeah, I'm going to rent listen, out the whole IMAX and you'll make more money. Yeah, it's... Oh my God. So... Yeah, that's kind uh, of it. There's some official yeah. promo art now of the Pop-Up Girl show. Um... It looks fun. It's it's a promo poster. There's not much to speak. That's there yeah. hasn't been a lot going on. Um, Mojo Jojo is 25, by the way, even though he looks like a baby. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brenda was, awesome. very, Brenda was very concerned. So after we got done recording, I looked up. I was like, Brenda, don't worry. You can think he's hot. He's 25. I don't even think he's hot. I was just wanted to say like, ah, oh, he's like a set. And then I was just like, maybe you shouldn't say like that like an 18 year old is sexy brenda and then he's 25 like i don't he know looks like he's a baby i don't know what they take at juilliard he went to juilliard everybody uh oh so God. i want i want this mojo jojo to be like so what i don't what i what i think we're gonna get is like dramatic broody teen but i want him to be just as stupid as mojo jojo from the show i know that's not gonna <laughs> like i want him to just no. be like it, irate um well, I w- what I would want from a human... Okay, so let's say hypothetically. Mojo Jojo becomes human. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if this is... <laughs> this nightmare. Is, <laughs> which is a nightmare. But wouldn't he be like a very chaotic... Like, almost a himbo, right? I think... 
like so without the I don't evil like that take take the evil away and you've got like mojo because mojo jojo's like fucking ripped like he's got muscles so he'd be like yeah evil aside he'd be like an evil himbo right you're right i hate everything about this more cursed tape i've been incredibly <laughs> like cursed this week like just like <laughs> just like it's been a constant barrage of like me revealing very cursed things about myself like how i've seen every um swan princess movie even the cgi ones um <laughs> brenda's just like going through it everybody i'm hanging in there but just you know are. like i'm kind of chaotic very stressy but i'm always that's that's my secret cap i'm always stressy <laughs> so bear with me good thing i'm funny when i'm stressed <laughs> Brenda, hey you're always funny and we oh, all thank love you. you thank you um so i guess i'll oh. take us oh oh sorry i oh. just wanted to say this is just this is just news for me um the detective conan movie scarlet bullet is out in theaters in English, but not here. So I have to wait five million years to see it. You'll never see it. I'll never get to see. It's already dubbed in English. It's already it's done. Out there. The dub is the dub is done, it's and I'm in. like, and I can't see it. <laughs> Just have someone in Australia go watch it with their phone out and send you the very shaky handy cam as if it's like 1994. It's not even being shown in Australia or oh, the UK. Where it's, is it? The I looked this up. I was like, then where is the English dub being shown? And it's Malaysia. <laughs> why? I d- is, <laughs> does Malaysia, is that one of their, ling- is there an official language of Malaysia English? Or were they just like, it's easy to put in English with like subtitle? Okay, no, in Singapore. I don't mm-hmm. know if they're showing the English one in Singapore. It would make sense if they were. Mm-hmm. It, but that's not what I heard. I heard that the English dub was just being shown in Malaysia. And I'm like, what? Who does... How? It's so... I'm like, I just have no clue. Did you know... Sorry, this is this is a very... Then we'll get started on your topic because I know you need time for it. But um, so in America, we get the Conan manga, which is yeah. still called Case Closed and still uses the dub names from 20 years ago. Amazing. But this... Viz's parent company publishes the same exact translation in Singapore in English mm-hmm. with the names are the original names. <laughs> oh, so it's the literally the exact same translation. Just the names are the original names. Isn't that why? And we're still getting the ones with the dub names. So it's still like Jimmy. Who's making these choices? Oh, it's so baffling. I'm just constantly baffled. I need Conan the detective to become a real boy and solve this (laughs) and solve the mystery of him yeah it's just i'm like it's it's my own personal nerd mystery that i have to solve (laughs) when brenda solves that mystery it'll be our finale and we'll let we'll let you all go for the last time (laughs) brenda will never solve the mystery it's her it's her it's her sophian task (laughs) i think it's the only thing keeping me going <laughs> Brenda wakes up every morning. He's like, "There's still more Conan for me to uncover." I can't continue. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's not think about these problems. Let's think about this little detective man and what he's up to. <laughs> God. Wow. wow. All right, Austin, you have Austin. a topic. That's me, Austin. You. Me. It's you. The year is 1992. 
I was alive. You were alive. Uh, Street Fighter 2 is the most sensational fighting game of all time at the time. It's also like the third one ever made at this time. <laughs> it's a baby, baby Yeah, it's genre. a baby genre. There have been three fighting games, which I'll get into, <laughs> but it's time for a competitor. It's time to start the Mortal Kombat. I knew it. I fucking knew it when you were just like, a franchise? And I was just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what it is. Me and Brenda are riff compatible and cannot keep secrets. No, it's like we're just bad at keeping I, I don't even, listen, we don't even, we can't even see pe- each other in person yet. I can't imagine. <laughs> I'll like, I'll look across the room to Brenda when we can. And I'll be like, oh, so in three weeks you're going to cover uh, that defunct amusement park from California. And you're like, yep. And I'm like, all right. Well, let me just scrap my notes real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it do, like, I don't, we, I don't, I try to the extent of like, I don't just tell her what it is. Yeah, we're covering uh, the Mortal Kombat franchise the best I can. There's a lot. Um, there's like a lot in the front and a lot in the back. You know, like you see it from the, the front and you can see it from the back. And the, and the middle is okay. Um, but to get us started, Mortal Kombat was Created in 1992, originally developed by Midway Games. The creators were Ed Boon and John Tobias. Ed Boon was the developer and John Tobias is the artist. Um, mm-hmm. They originally came up with the idea when they wanted to make a game based on John John Claude Van Damme. Uh, that did not pan out. <laughs> they have an homage <laughs> to him in the actor Johnny Cage, who does the split punch, which is a homage to John Claude Van Damme's signature move in the movie Bloodsport. Mm-hmm. Um, is that when he does the thing with between the cars or is that a commercial he he does it a lot it's like his signature oh. yeah huh. J- john Claude van damme's thing is like the split like doing splits to punch someone in the groin because of the movie Bloodsport. ah yeah that's his like thing that was his like action star thing like the rock does the people's elbow from when he was a wrestler um people want John Claude Van Damme to do the splits and punch somebody. I don't know if he still can. He's a fit guy, but he is old. The splits are not easy. I need to blow my no. nose. Good luck. This will be... This is great. Oh, look. Listen to that ASMR. Wow. <laughs> Put that on YouTube and get a million views. <laughs> <laughs> so they did not get to make a game based off of John Claude Van Damme. Thank God. Frankly. Um... The way they pitched this idea originally to even make this game was that Midway could compete with Street Fighter 2, which was like, Street Fighter 2 came out in 1986. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, it's the third fighting game of its type. It's more popular than the first Street Fighter. The first fighting game ever made was a game called Karate Champ, or Karate Do in Japan. Oh. Uh, it was a 1984 arcade fighting game, which established and popularized the one-on-one fighting genre. Uh, it had three formats, like fighting games today, like three uh, matches, like best two out of three. Uh, mm-hmm. Originally, there were Karate Do had 24 moves using the two joysticks. And later in 1984, they released a two-player version where you can fight each other. Ooh. Uh, and that is where we got the whole genre from. That is like, the first one is this game. Um, I tried to play it. I found some emulators of different versions of it online. Uh, it's... The first one. <laughs> <laughs> it was once considered a game. Yep. Uh, it's still, I got, it got, uh, it got ported to like 
the virtual console on like the Wii U or something. It's like oh. the last time you could like get it and play it on a console that I if I understand correctly. Um But the Wii U eShop is shut down, right? Yes. So I okay. think it's it's currently you can find emulators online, but like playing like the actual game and its actual source code is unless you got it on your Wii U is not a thing you can do right now. So yeah, the first game, uh, Mortal Kombat, was meant to compete with Street Fighter II, The World Warrior, which was a re-release of Street Fighter II. Uh, the original team was Ed Boon, John Tobias, and then they brought on John Vorgel and Dan Forden. Um, John Vorgel was meant to help John Tobias with the art, and I just realized both their name is John. John I, and John. Yeah, I'm sure there had to be jokes on the office with that, right? Like, where are the Johns at? <laughs> hey, John John. <laughs> And Dan Forden was the sound designer, and Ed Boon was the was the uh, programmer. The first Mortal Kombat was made with four people in Jeez. a year. Jeez, I that's wild that yeah, like games I, used to have really? teams like yeah, like have teams of like five people. Yeah, and it's just like, like oh, how it was did this get me and my two best friends? And you're like, what are you fucking talking about? Yeah, <laughs> we made we just made a game, but it's like, what the. Fuck. Yeah, shut shut the fuck. The last Mortal Kombat game, main Mortal Kombat 11, has a team of 200 people. <laughs> <laughs> and Ed Boon is still connected. John Tobias no longer works directly on the games. He's done a few comics for them recently and stuff, because um, he's an artist. And mm-hmm. it like people thought at some point they had a falling out, uh, which is just me getting ahead of myself. People thought they had a falling out because of like a lot of speculation. Mm-hmm. They've never said anything about it. Jump Tobias doesn't work closely on the games anymore, but I'm like, he's an artist. He, like, does comics. Like, there's not a lot for him to do in modern games. No, like, back then, yeah, there was, but now it's just gotten so big. Yeah, like, he could do character designs, but there's no. (laughs) Yeah, the characters are, like, kind of established yeah. like they add new ones every so often but like they're established now and like also like you need modern artists to keep yeah. the art looking modern yeah it's a little bit easier for ed boone to kind of be like an overseer of the franchise right you know most uh, most of the games he's listed as like a lead he does a lot of the voice work really for mortal kombat 1 2 and 3 he did most of the characters voice work and he's the announcer <laughs> Um, Does he still do the announcing, or did they get? Like, I perf- I think they it's I think it depends on if they just use the because like it's an audio file right like if the file's good yeah. they could just use the same like it's as far as I can tell I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11 it's the same audio files. Interesting. Um, he does not do the voice work for like Mortal Kombat 11 has like a lot of story stuff which is mm-hmm. very interesting as someone who like the last time I played it was mostly just a fighting game. Um, yeah. so there's like cutscenes that are like eight minutes long of like people talking and I doubt, I don't think he does, like he is not that kind of voice actor. No. <laughs> He's doing like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, uh, Mortal Kombat, the first one, um, Mortal Kombat, the first one, uh, had a <laughs> few different names almost. None of them were Mortal Kombat, the first one. <laughs> they did not almost call it that. Mortal ha- Kombat the first, the second. Mortal Kombat the second, the first. Um, <laughs> they spent six, the, for six months of development of this game that got made in a year, they couldn't come up with a name that nobody didn't hate. So like, they have a name and someone's like, fuck that name. Um, <laughs> some of the names suggested were Kumite, 
which is the one of the three sections of like karate training where one trains against an adversary, dragon mm-hmm. attack, death blow, and fatality. Uh, <laughs> fatality would have been good. That would have been pretty funny. Um, they would have never gotten to sell it. <laughs> no, <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> um, Ed Boone remarks that like one day someone wrote down like combat on the whiteboard or whatever of names, and then someone as a joke put a K over it, <laughs> and. There was someone else, uh, there was, some, there was a pinball designer visiting the office that day, like, hanging out, and was like, why don't you call it, they, they're like, hey, I saw someone wrote combat with a K, what if it was Mortal Kombat? And that name just kind of stuck as, like, a joke. <laughs> um, John Tobias has a different recounting, that it was mm-hmm. doing the trademarking process, they were going to call it Mortal Kombat with a C, but they couldn't get it past legal for some reason. There was like someone else who had that name going through trademarking that they didn't like it. That I couldn't find anything that used that name, so it must have fallen mm-hmm. through. Yeah. Um. But since they couldn't get it through, they just changed it to a K because legal is like counts. <laughs> I love our legal system so wild. Yeah, it's just like well, technically not the same, Brenda. All right. Yeah. I have a very important question for you of my first mind-blowing yeah. moment about the first Mortal Kombat game. Yeah. How much money do you think the arcade version grossed? Because it was released in arcade, and then it had a mm-hmm. home console release in 93. Oh, so I... Okay, this is just a hunch mm-hmm. based on what I know about Mortal Kombat, which isn't a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say the arcade didn't do as well as the home console. Mm-hmm. Maybe? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say, like, oh, God, like... Ooh. Two mil? The arcade version of Mortal Kombat in its first year grossed $300 million. (gasps) Shit. Today, that is equivalent to $550 million. Oh my god, I was very far off. The Mortal Kombat arcade version grossed more domestic money than the domestic box office gross for the film Jurassic Park that also came that year. Oh my god, I was way wrong holy shit hey and like that is the same. <gasps> i was like trying to figure out what i was gonna do you know mm-hmm. and then i was kind of just like some something in my brain i felt scorpion sting me with his kunai <laughs> chain and was like get over and then i was like looking at the mortal Kombat <laughs> stuff because like the mo- there's a movie coming out soon everybody yeah um and i was like oh let's let's like let's see if there's anything there and I found that and I told my partner and I was like, are you fucking kidding? 300 everybody and arcade. So the way they make money on arcade licensing is people buy or lease the machines from Midway to have in their businesses. They don't mm-hmm. make the quarters are like how you make your money back. Yeah. So I could not find how much it would have been for business to buy or lease an arcade machine. Mm-hmm. The best I could find was like a rough estimate of like at the time when it first dropped anywhere between it was like two hundred to two hundred and fifty dollars a month if you were leasing it. Wow. Um, I couldn't find for buying it. I could only find like collectors selling the original cabinets for like thousands of dollars now, and I'm like, that's not what I need. Um, yeah. So if you are someone who ran an arcade or has run arcades or knows like how much it would have been in the 90s, but I'm like, $300 million is... That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah. That is... That is... That is... That's... (laughs) Yeah, especially since, like, this is... 
1992. So this yes. is like post post the big 80s boom of video gaming in America mm-hmm. and then also post the big crash of arcade games in America. Yeah. So this is like whatever was left after um after like our whole arcade system just like imploded upon mm-hmm. itself. Like this is this is the dregs. This is we don't have a lot of arcades at yeah. this point. So that is wild. Everybody's got their Nintendos and their Genesis and they're not like People are playing arcade games in like Pizza Hut or like yeah, maybe I can I have no I can you imagine if Mortal Kombat was in a Chuck E. Cheese? Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, probably maybe it was at one point. It it I mean with those numbers it had to be right because like Let that's me, I'm gonna look this up. Let's see, Mortal Kombat. Because this is also like every everyone as we talked about during the ESRB uh episode this is or before on the night trap episode which came up to the esrb um this is before the esrb so like yeah there would have been nothing telling Chuck E. cheese to not put this in their establishment and then like also like this was 1992 i keep saying <laughs> just so you remember the year's 1992 um, <laughs> year is 1992 and like Chuck E. cheese was a little more wild west at this point mm-hmm. like it it wasn't like it was in the 70s where like it was weirdly geared towards adults and kids at the same time Mm -hmm. um but it's still like a little more edgy than the mouse that we know and love today yeah also he was still a rat he was still a pizza (laughs) rat um well brenda's pulling that up mortal kombat does does not and did not to this day do as good in japan because it is it is an Mm -hmm. american game uh some people don't realize that midway midway was an american company it's not a funked Mm -hmm. they now get made by Neville Realm Studios, which is a subsidiary of Warner Brothers Productions, because that's who bought out the Mortal Kombat rights, along with a few other Midway games that were doing well at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it never got localized in Japan, but it did get an official release by the Taito Company. Uh, if you don't know the Taito Company, you do. Um, <laughs> they're known for games like Space Invaders or Bubble Bobble, which is the little mm-hmm. like dragon bubble puzzle game. It's uh, cute. It's super cute. Uh, at the time, they were like they were like Namco and Konami and Ta- like Sega, like Taito was right up there. So that was a big deal for Mortal Kombat. That's the only time they worked for Taito, but that was like a huge win for them to have this company behind them with the release in Japan. But it was never localized, so things weren't translated. Um, and it was very like very American, clearly. So yeah. sales to this day still like they don't do too hot. Yeah, like just like the art style and like the the fight style like it can't compete with like other like japanese made no. um like fighting games um shall i explain what the mortal combat is in the fictional setting of mortal combat yes so <clears throat> the mortal combat lore is very buck wild i could have done an episode just on the lore but there is a <laughs> great podcast about that i think it's called mortal podcast with a k <laughs> uh like where the C should be. Um, I will triple check before we wrap this episode. I will like pull it mm-hmm. up when Brenda's doing a bit or something. Uh, <laughs> and it's because it's Buckwild, everybody. It involves Elder Gods and different realms. Uh, to break it down simply, the Mortal Kombat is a multiverse of different dimensions or realms. The realms are essentially alternate Earths and planets. Um, there's Earth Realm, which is Earth. There is... The Never Realm, which is Hell. There's Outworld. There's Outer Realm, which is like Mad Max Barbarians. Um, 
there's chaos there's a bunch of realms uh and then there's gods like raiden is a god with a lowercase g and then there's elder gods which is capital letters and then above them are like the unknowable titans that like no one knows or knows if they ever interact with them uh essentially the realms are able to conquer and absorb each other that is like allowed it does make things jumbled and it does make things very hard to keep track of so the elder gods had this idea they made a rule book for how that can work. How can how can you legally conquer and merge with someone without it being all sticky? Which mm-hmm. is the Mortal Kombat. You can invoke the Mortal Kombat, and then there's a t- fighting tournament held. You send your champions to fight in the ch- in the tournament, and whoever wins or loses is gets the ability to, uh, whoever wins loses the ability to age until the next tournament. So you can live. That's you get life longevity. Mm-hmm. Um. If the realm who wants to invade yours wins in tournaments in a row, they are allowed to consume your realm and take over. Oof. Uh, that is that is what the Mortal Kombat is. Um, I will not get into the lore of each game because we will be here for six hours. <laughs> but it's that more involved than it should be. <laughs> it is very involved. They've done a lot of things to like flesh out the realms and and the lore, including when they release the first Mortal Kombat game on home console when it was mm-hmm. deemed mortal monday in 1993 they also (laughs) dropped a comic called mortal kombat collector's edition and this was written and illustrated by john tobias who again he he was a comic artist um and this had more backstory of the game it gave you more detail of the mortal kombat was um and they have frankly like it's mostly been just a fighting game until it's more recent iterations between um mortal kombat which they did a re like a re-release retcon thing sort of (laughs) Um, which is MK9, Mortal Kombat X, or MK10, and now Mortal Kombat 11, kind of, like, take all of these weird plot threads they had and turned it into a story, like, 30 years in the making, and it works really well, and you can tell they had some idea of this, because essentially, what you figure out is Raiden this whole time has been, like, fucking with the timeline to try and win. Yeah. And things are not how they should be, uh... And that is, like, the plot point of Mortal Kombat 11 is, like, the mistress of time is sick of Raiden fucking with her plan and is going to make things right by bringing the past to the present to fix it. Ooh. Um, but back to Mortal Monday in 1993. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's when I got released on home consoles. It came out on the SNES, or the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the Sega Genesis, and it also had handheld ports, which I did not realize, on the Game Boy and the Game Gear. <laughs> what does that look like? Terrible. If you, I, the handheld ports were awful. They had awful reviews and no one knows why they made them. <laughs> they had to cut, it was like half of the fighters to have room. Um, yeah. It's bad. <laughs> uh, the SNES version is heavily edited to fit Nintendo's family friendly rules. So there's, most of the fatalities are cut. They were deemed too brutal, and they replaced the blood with sweat. But the version most of us would have played that you remember, like, people clutching their pearls over besides the arcade version is the Genesis version, which was, like, full frontal Mortal Kombat all the time. Yeah, because you could turn all of the gore back on with the code. Yeah, so that was the one that... That's the one I remember playing in my mom's Genesis. Uh, (laughs) It is very interesting, because we've... As we brought up in the Night Trap episode, Mortal Kombat was part of the whole ESRB 
rating scare scenario. Like con- the fact Congress meant about video games is still kind of wild to me. Um, mm-hmm. But Ed Boon is actually on record of being like, at the time he was sympathetic. He's like, I wouldn't let my kid play it either. <laughs> uh, so, which is like fair. I mean, I wouldn't hand it fair. to an eight year old. Uh, I definitely played it when no. I was like six. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's interesting because, like, a lot of the times those people, like, who made the thing get painted as villains, and Ed Boon was like, oh, yeah, no, kids shouldn't play my game. Why are your kids playing my game? I never told them, like, kids, like, even if you go back, a lot of the Mortal Kombat ad material shows, like, teens or young adults playing, or in the ad, like, they never, I couldn't find an advert that had, like, kids playing it, like, it's radical, like, it's, they're, they clearly were like, that is not our market, we don't know why kids are picking up our game, um, which kind of goes back to maybe parents should have been more mindful instead of just buying their kids whatever was popular. Yeah, there's like some older advertisements like for the arcade game that have like pretty young, I'd say like 13, mm-hmm. 12-ish yeah. kids in it. So maybe that's kind of where it got started. Um, but yeah, it's like maybe pay attention to what your kids are playing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and Sega, as we talked about in the Night Trap episode, had a rating system. Right. Um you know, people were like, well, it doesn't make sense. But uh, Mortal Kombat had like a MA-17 rating yeah. and it has the age 17 right in it. So I don't know how that's difficult to understand. It's very hard to read numbers. We need letters. I guess. We need more letters. We need letter arbitrary letters. <laughs> like, that's what people during the ESRB hearing said. What's wild they to were, me is like, so yeah. more like the old Mortal Kombat is t- today pretty tame. Because you have, like, hey, spoilers for Falcon and Winter Soldier. You got a dude decapitating people on fucking Disney+, Plus, but that's fine. That's only TV-14. Yeah, that's absolutely wild. Like, like, what? What? Someone's like, they don't show it. And I'm like, I don't think, I think, I don't think they need to show it. They don't show some of the fatalities <laughs> in Mortal Kombat. You hear it. Yeah. Um, I don't, like, maybe it was just that, like, the fatality, like, they were digitized actors. Mm-hmm. Which could have been because, like, all of like the quote unquote characters in Mortal Kombat were like actors who had been recorded doing moves, yeah, and then digitized into the game, yeah. Um, maybe that was it. <laughs> who knows? Maybe. Like, uh, compare it to like Street Fighter, which is more cartoony. It is, yeah, yeah. And Street That's Fighter, Street Fighter comes up in this like violent video game talk because. Again, they were not they were not fighting games like this, period. So it's like you yeah. are a person fighting a person. Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat have some monstrous characters you fight. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you are a person beating up another person, and that is the whole point of the game. Yeah. And then like some people were just like, sometimes you're a guy and you're punching Chun Li, and it's like, oh, okay, what a right. Yeah, and so like, like there's there's talk there. Um it's very interesting going into the controversy of Mortal Kombat, Brenda, because there are people on literally all sides that get mad at this game. Uh, <laughs> there are people who call it... There's one person, there is a... What did, where I have? Uh, a U.S. Appe- appeals court judge considered Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3 a feminist violent video game. A feminist violent video game. Uh, because it, had, it has women who can kick butt and they were like it's so but then you have people who are like you know it is who is to say it's like sexist because of their depictions mm-hmm. of women because they're ladies are sexy frankly everyone is sexy in Mortal Kombat but everyone is like 
super muscular yes. and like wearing very little clothing. Exactly. And and <laughs> literally, the people who wear the most co- clothing are Scorpion and Sub Zero. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. Everyone else is like titties out. Yeah. Like- everyone else is like shirtless or in short shorts or, and that's. That's not necessarily the point of this conversation, but it's it's very interesting because there's, like, people on all sides of, like, this thing. Mortal Kombat gets brought up a lot in, like, real-life violence where someone's, like... There is a court case in 1999 mm-hmm. where a kid killed... Like, a teen killed his friend, like, stabbed them to death. Jeez. And the mom wanted the lawyer to be pleading, like, insane, temporary insanity because he played too much Mortal Kombat. And it was, like, a Mortal Kombat move. Mm-hmm. And they, in like... They have the jury play it to see, like, it's not like that at all. Like, it's no. it's not, like, remotely close to anything they're saying. Um, There's, like, there is literally an entire, like, four pages separate of the Mortal Kombat, like, wiki that is all of the legal stuff it's been dragged into over the years. Jeez. Uh, most recently, though, something that is something to consider for video games, period, has become more lifelike. Is in 2019, mm-hmm. developers working on MK11 were diagnosed with PTSD after spending such a long time working on the violent visuals used in the game. Uh, yeah, and I, I did hear that. I wasn't sure that was, like, a real thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, there was there's real wow. reports of them, some of them <laughs> losing sleep because they had violent dreams that they didn't, Ooh. they they were afraid to go to sleep. Uh, Jeez. And so there was, there's some critique about that, about the company not having good ways to care people or having procedures or guidance for workers who need to step back from the content in the game. Uh, yeah, it's like, <laughs> at what point do you draw the line? Like, hey, maybe, like, we, you know, maybe we've reached, like, the goriest a fatality should be. And right. We need to stop. Right. Especially because, like, I've been playing MK11, uh, like, the Super 4K edition, because I have, like, a Super 4K system and setup, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it's very, like, the cutscenes are very pretty. Like, I, I'm i enjoying playing it, because they've made it easy, because I'm a Weenie Hut Jr. fighting game player. So I, I put it on very easy mode, and me and the computer have a polite agreement of hitting A in separate corners <laughs> yeah, until we figure it out. That's me when I play Injustice. Um same engine, same as same 10. studio. Yeah, it's it's Mortal Kombat with DC characters, but it has this very involved plot. So I like played on like baby mode. Mm-hmm. I literally played Injustice Two with a kitten on my shoulder the whole time. Because <laughs> the story is super interesting, and you're like, people yeah. are like, there are people who upload the whole clip show as like a movie on YouTube you can watch, but that's not as fun. Even though I'm bad at fighting games. Yeah, you gotta have the experience of trying. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very interesting, because there's some moments in the story where, like, there'll be multiple fighters in a cutscene, and you have to pick which fighter is going to go fight the issue yeah. in front of you. And then, depending on who you pick, you get, like, a different little story thing. So you can go back and, like, well, now I want to fight it as, like, Sub-Zero to see what they talk about. And you're like, I want to go fight it now as, like, Batman. It's Because, like, it's different, and it's... Yeah. Very cool that they've made fighting games involved. It is also interesting because one time I had a cutscene so long my Xbox almost went to sleep mode and my controller turned <laughs> off because it is a fighting game. So there's some scenes they're like, well, this they you can't fight through this scene, you know, because it's not like a it's not like a platformer or like a different kind of RPG where you can be like fighting and there's like story happening around you. Yeah. Um. So, like, one cutscene was, like, 20 minutes, because they were like, well, just watch this episode of this show now, because you can't fight through any of this. 
<laughs> but I was here for it. It's it's cool. Um, where was I? Uh, Mortal Kombat One makes a bunch of money. It's one of the best arcade games ever. It stayed in the top charts until into 1993. Um, it got mixed reviews, but it was a commercial success, which is interesting. Um, it is one of the highest selling arcade games. Only the only other arcade game that surpasses it is Street Fighter. Um, wow. Mortal Kombat 10 is the fourth highest selling fighting game ever. Wow. The games above it are Super Smash Brothers. Uh, Brawl, Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, and Street Fighter 2. Wow. Uh, Mortal, so, going, be- so the next game, there's Mortal Kombat 1. There's Mortal Kombat 2. Mortal Kombat 2, here's a quote from the New York Times, uh, September 22nd, 1994. Acclaim Entertainment said today that Mortal Kombat 2, the latest version of its hit video game series, had record sales of $50 million in the first week after its induction on September 9th. The sales passed the opening week receipts of the summer's top-grossing films, Mask, True Lies, Forrest Gump, and Lion King. Lion King. Holy shit. Mortal Kombat 2 made more money in its first week than Lion King did in its summer box office opening. Oh my god. And Lion King's like, one, isn't it like one of the highest-grossing animated movies yeah, of all time? Yeah, I didn't, I meant to look <laughs> up the Lion King numbers. Let's see what Lion King did its opening summer. Um, while Austin's looking that up, I couldn't find any examples of um, a Mortal Kombat cabinet at a Chuck E. Cheese, but I did find that someone has modded a Chuck E. Cheese Charles Entertainment cheese model character mm-hmm. into the original Mortal Kombat, so that's fun if you want to look that up. <laughs> I mean, I would play that. Yeah, I would um, just like <laughs> throw down as Charles Entertainment cheese. I feel like he knows how to fight. Like, he's he's a joysy rat. He's you know <laughs> he's he's one of them he like he's one of those fighters that like they move their arms a lot in their idle animation but you never know what they're gonna do yes <laughs> he's had to throw a bunch of people out of the chuck e cheese for getting too rowdy <laughs> <laughs> so what i can find i cannot find for its summer run but mm-hmm. lion king in its First two days in theater made six hundred thousand. For the first weekend, it made one point five million. <laughs> so, oh, here it is. Uh, yeah, Lion King's opening weekend for its Lion King's opening week was forty million dollars. Wow. Compared to Mortal Kombat 2's opening week of fifty million dollars. Wow. That's like you're on top of the you are you are on top of the fucking world. Like Lion, you are unstoppable. Lion King and Mask and Forrest Gump. I don't. I, hey, I don't know the movie True Lies. I don't. I've never heard of that before. <laughs> I, I've heard of it. I don't. It's it's meh. <laughs> a video. Listen, everybody. Like a Brenda video said, game. this is when video games aren't. Video games are no longer hot shit. That's not where the money no. is. So a video game beating out D- Disney. This is the Disney Renaissance. Lion King is like the hottest shit and the world's like no 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 but mortal kombat 2 yeah we gotta go down to the pizza hut and play mortal kombat 2 like oh oh my god i can't jeez i cannot imagine the calls they were getting (laughs) from like everybody like hey man can i get on this mortal kombat do you guys want to make like a a movie because the year is 1995 and the first mortal kombat (laughs) film is being released (laughs) yay (laughs) um 
Uh, some more game facts, though. Uh, it is the Mortal Kombat franchise is one of the best-selling fighting game franchises of all time, with 54 million units sold across the franchise wow. as a whole. Um, wow. It is a higher-selling fighting game franchise than Street Fighter. So the Street Fighter arcade cabinets do better than Mortal Kombat, because, frankly, I feel like people feel like Street Fighter is more of an arcade game than Mortal Kombat is. Yeah. Um, but Mortal Kombat does better in, now. in home sales. Mm-hmm. Um, adjusted for inflation, the Mortal Kombat video game franchise has grossed seven billion dollars. Wow. Uh, yeah. The the this is just because I was looking at fighting game stats. The highest selling fighting game franchise is Super Smash Brothers, but that's not a shocker. Yeah. No, it's like <laughs> how do you compete without that sexy plumber? <laughs> yeah, Brenda. <laughs> See, last week it was my turn for people to call me out for talking about the librarian from Goofy movies for too long. So, everyone please remember Brenda calling Mario the sexy plumber. Or do you mean Luigi? Um, I think I mean Luigi. You like... Look. (laughs) You like the... Look. Like a man that's long. Look, he's tall. He's... He can hunt ghosts. He owns property. He has a mansion. Like, what does Mario have? Where does Mario live? Like, well, he I want beach. a man. <laughs> I want a man who not only has a successful plumbing career. <laughs> Shit, I can't. <laughs> Luigi, come clean up these pipes. <laughs> I can't keep going. I can't keep up the bit. I fucking lost it. I'm not strong enough. <laughs> Brenda looks up at Luigi. I'm not strong enough. Mama Mia. <laughs> oh boy. Oh goodness gracious. I'm doing another audio gag. You can't tell, but I've gotten up from my chair. Oh good. Well, Brenda gets up from her chair for this gag. Um, the 1995 Mortal Kombat film is something that Midway or the creators of the game never wanted or thought would work. Because at the time, the video games that movies that come out were Super Mario Bros. Cursed. uh, (laughs) Double Dragon. I barely remember. I forgot it existed until I started researching for this podcast. Both of those were... Honestly. Absolute bombs. I don't know if they even made their money back. Just like worse movies. We don't talk about them. Street Fighter. Super Mario Bros. movie's so bad. It's very... It's... I watched it on TV as a kid, and I was like, I think I can make a better movie, and I realized I am a child. Yeah, it's like, this isn't Mario when they're father and son? Yeah. And they are actual plumbers. It's very weird, because like they're actual plumbers, and it's like an alternate dimension thing? Yeah, it's like a Mario isekai. <laughs> <laughs> Help, I'm a plumber who has been sucked into another world. And the the enemies are too scary. They're very scary. Bowser like, okay. never like I when I'm a when I was a kid, Bowser was like, oh no. Like you he's scary in the way that fucking like Swiper the Fox is scary. Yeah, it's like Bowser, I'd eat a cheeseburger with Bowser. <laughs> he would probably Bowser has rules of engagement. He'd probably eat one with you. Like he comes out, he comes to the race, he comes to the party, like he's yeah. like I can't just kill Mar Whoa, man, whoa. There's rules to this. 
there's rules here. We are actually friends. I just like to, it's a bit I do. I just like to be antagonistic, but it's fine. He babysits my son sometimes. Like we're buds. And what a Bowser's minions like. Hey, boss, I planted at C4 in Mario's house. Whoa, what? Whoa, we don't do that. He kids, man. <laughs> His kids aren't involved in this. What's wrong with you? Go get what it. What the hell? Go take that out of his house. God, what? we got to do this right. Calls Mario. Hey, got, man, I don't, I'm going to fire that. You found, okay, he's fired. That's fine. I told him, you have kids. He's a, I, <laughs> listen, I'm sorry. Golf? Yeah, let's, let's golf on Saturday. See ya. <laughs> God, this fucking Hangs up. fake fucking interns. <laughs> Bowser Jr.'s there? Fuck! Bowser Jr. What did I say about <laughs> saying bad words? <laughs> I want to know who Sorry, Bowser Papa. fucks. <laughs> who, is, who is Bowser Jr.'s mom? I wanna. I want them to introduce Miss Bowser. I want it to. Hey, the curse part of me wants it to be just like a human lady, <laughs> just like some lady like you've you've never met before. And as Bowser Junior. He gets older and older. He looks more and more human. Oh no! <laughs> he gets older and he just looks like a furry. I'm like just. I'm imagining it. And I can't draw, but I'm just like imagining. You know how like. Just imagine like a person in like a zentai suit mm-hmm. with like little clawed feet mm-hmm. and then like a turtle shell on his back mm-hmm. and then just like a human face hey. that has the same like color pattern as Hey <laughs> Hey Dante, if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> If anyone would, it would be Dante. <laughs> um The Street Fighter movie made money but is also terrible. You're gonna say something about the Street Fighter movie, I think. Oh, yes. The Street Fighter movie is more endearing, I feel, than the Mortal Kombat movie. Oh. Both, yeah, this is my personal opinion. Okay. I just, I think um, Street Fighter movie is not great, but I think they had a vision and they tried. Like, the costumes mm-hmm. are pretty, like, spot on. Mm-hmm. They got Jean-Claude Van Damme. They did. That was, uh, that's, that's, uh, so it's funny because... Jean-Claude Van Damme is very sought after from fighting game people because he is he mm-hmm. is a fighting game character. <laughs> All fighting games are just made in his image. Um, So it is interesting because like people, I feel like, confuse the two because Mortal Kombat exists because they wanted Jean-Claude Van Damme to have a video game. And then Jean-Claude Van Damme was in the other, the rival franchise's video game movie. Because yeah. people always talk to me about Mortal Kombat movie being bad but then i looked it up and apparently it's i like it but apparently it was good it was seen as good and made a lot of money yeah i think it just kind of accidentally gets wrapped in with like every other video game movie mm-hmm. coming around that time because the street fighter movie even though um m bison's performance is very memorable and fun <laughs> i think and over the top and wild um you know like the the massive every video game movie up to this point had been bad just terrible there the curse is yeah. is has started yeah this is the beginning of the curse and poor little mortal Kombat, which is an okay film mm-hmm. you know got just wrapped up in it even though maybe it's fine like <laughs> maybe it's okay yeah so the <laughs> mortal Kombat film um mm-hmm. released in 1995 so street fighter the movie came out in 1994 Street Fighter the movie had a budget of 
35 million and made 99 million. The Mortal Kombat movie had a budget of 18 million and a box office of 124.7 million. Whew. Uh, some would say that's more. That's a little bit more. It's a little yes. bit more. Uh, it has. If you use math. It is the seventh highest grossing video game film adaptation ever released. Ooh. The ones in front of it are all newer movies for the most part, except one, two that I think will surprise you. Oh. We have they? Sonic the Hedgehog, Detective yes. Pikachu. Detective Pikachu. Uh,. Prince of Persia, Sands of Time? Get out. Get that shit wait, out wait, of here. Wait, 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 wait. The Angry Birds movie. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I guess that is a video game movie, yeah. isn't it? Um, Lara Croft, Tomb Raider. Okay, that's fair. That one's... It's okay. It's fine. And <laughs> Pokemon, the first movie. That's... I guess it's a video game movie, but it's barely... Um, Okay, I'll I'll allow it. Pokemon the first movie? <laughs> Pokemon, I anytime something tangentially close to Pokemon comes up, I gotta know more about it. Pokemon yeah. had such a chokehold on the world. The Pokemon the first movie made three hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's for a dubbed Japanese movie that didn't cost a lot of money for Warner Brothers and four kids to bring yeah. bring over. Just that the profit margin Just is through the roof. An absolute chokehold on all. We were all like, "Mom, if you don't take me to Pokemon movie, I will blow up the fucking house." Yeah, <laughs> like um, the absolute chokehold ahead on our parents. I only saw the second one in theaters. Oh, so I didn't see the first. You didn't get one, that Mew I, card. You weren't on the. You, uh, oh, I didn't get the Mew card, but oh. I got the VHS. Ah, uh. well, okay. So the ancient Mew card come came with the second movie because really? that card is a part. Yeah, Ancient Meat. Look it up. Is the second movie? No, there's like a Lawrence. What did Lawrence the Third? <laughs> <laughs> Friend is like, I will fight you right here, bitch. Let's look it up. Lawrence the Third has a line. He has the Ancient Meat card. The the card in the movie. He's the villain of of the second movie. Yeah. Uh, he has the Ancient Meat card, and at the end, he like loses his whole. St- stupid blimp collection and he's like on the ground and he picks it up and he's just like it started with the ancient mew card yeah. and it will start again yeah so they gave away the ancient mew card with the second movie no i'm, right? I'm talking about the gold oh. pokemon cards oh those were from burger king yes okay i had those oh okay um <laughs> they gave away at the movie theater you got uh there were exclusive trading cards but i don't believe it was the mew card okay no um Um, with the vhs tape you got a mewtwo card that was like all these weird colors yeah and the for the in theaters you got there was like a pikachu and a mewtwo uh there was a i think an electabuzz which was that was like the one no one wanted because like electabuzz was yeah Everyone was like, "What the fuck? Is what is this? In this movie? What is? He's not even. He doesn't. I don't. He doesn't even go here. You uh, can't even get me a card of Pika Blue. <laughs> Excuse me. You. Uh, we've been following the saga of Pika Blue, and here he is, and you cannot give him to me on a card. Fuck you guys. <sighs> fuck you. Um. The. I hope the furniture guys can't hear me. <laughs> <laughs> the Mortal Kombat movie seemed to have broken the curse of video game movies. It had an opening weekend of twenty three million. And it, at the time, it was the second highest August opening for any film. The only one higher than it was 1993's The Fugitive. Wow. It sat at <laughs> number one in the box office for three weeks. Fugitive, starring Dan Wilson. 
Uh, I was like, I, was in the, I don't know. I don't know. I made that up. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> hey, everybody. We weren't real people yet in 1983. I don't really care. <laughs> I'd be upset about it. It doesn't matter because Mortal Kombat beat it out, so it's clearly no longer relevant. Yeah. Um, At the time, it had mixed reviews, but has overall become a cult classic, and there's been a lot of articles about it, actually, of, like, reviewers are wrong, and we're looking at it with those, like, video game movie lenses. Yeah. Uh, That's good. It's finally getting its due. It is. It was the first... So, it was the first film to do, like, the... The first U.S. production that people could find that I could also verify that uses the wire wigging, like, quote unquote, wire foo that people kind of say that Mortal Kombat, that uh, the Matrix brought over to the U.S. from like Chinese productions. But it was actually Mortal Kombat Mm. who did it first because it is an older film. Mm. Yeah. It was one of the few mainstream releases at the time with an Asian lead. That was like the biggest deal. Yeah. Um. Robin, 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 Shu, I believe is what I looked up and heard someone say a bunch of times. It might be Sho, mm-hmm. uh, because I could only I couldn't find him saying his name. Um, his it's S S H O U. He is a U. He's U.S. born. Um, but at the time he was working out in China. And he got a call from his agent about the making this Mortal Kombat movie. They want an Asian lead. He thinks he could get it. Um, he read for this film, Brenda, seven times mm-hmm. during his audition. Oh my god. That is a lot, everybody. Um, That's a major process. He read for the producers, the directors, mm-hmm. and eventually mm-hmm. the last people he read for were the studio heads of New Line Cinema themselves. But he he got it. Um and that was a huge deal for them because he had done work with Jackie Chan. Um, Whoa. So I didn't know this. I know I've talked about the fights in Mortal Kombat before. I rewatched some of the movie last I, I bought the Mortal Kombat movie, everybody. <laughs> and rewatched some of it last night. The fights are pretty good. The fights are very real at like Robin's like pushing of the team. Um, mm-hmm. so people got hurt the way they get, would get hurt in like Jackie Chan and Bruce Lee films where people just like fought and did their stunts. Yeah. Um, Ex- yeah. Lyndon Ashby, who played Johnny Cage, uh, recalls one in one of the fights against Reptile, he gets kicked at one point and he had padding and the actor just like missed the target and he hit, oh. he hit him in his actual kidneys and he remember peeing blood for like two days. Oh my God. Uh, Robin in his <gasps> fight with um, no, that was Johnny Cage fights Scorpion. Robin fights uh Luke Kane, who he plays fights Reptile. There's a scene where he gets thrown into a pillar. He got thrown into a pillar, and on the tenth take, he hit it wrong, and he fractured oh. two ribs. Oh. He didn't finish the rest of that scene with a frac with two fractured ribs, and went to the hospital at the end of the day and didn't tell anybody. Oh my god. He didn't tell anybody? No. He was like, what's the point? My ribs are already fractured. We need the shot. Oh my god. Because that is like the, like he was working out in China and that was like how they filmed stuff. Like you just, you finish it and you'll be like, it's already happened, you know? Yeah, you have to finish the scene. Like Hong Kong um, action movies in particular are incredibly brutal. Like, jeez. Like he he came from that mentality of like, it looks more real if you like, don't hold your punch, go through the whole punch and then it looks like a real punch. Yeah. And it's true. You watching that film, like, they do do a lot of the 
cuts and stuff of like changing perspective but the fights look like fights and that's because they fought they are just fighting um (laughs) that's no longer acting you 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 it's choreographed there's a story but you are now fighting turns out it looks like a fight if you fight (laughs) (laughs) follow me for more action movie tips (laughs) um the person who brought mortal kombat to us uh was producer and mad lad larry kasanoff he is yes. known before this for bringing Terminator 2 into like the phenomenon it was. Yeah. Um he's the one who got Terminator 2 into like t-shirts and toys and a video game, an arcade game made by Midway. Uh It all comes together. It all comes together. At the time it was breaking all of Midway's current records like in terms of releases and stuff. Um So Larry, he's in the office one day visiting visiting people. And he's, he sees this Mortal Kombat game. It's like 1993. And he's like, guys, hear me out. Toys, TV, movies, cartoons. And every everyone at this meeting is like, Larry, shut the fuck up. It is just a game. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, no. Hear me out. He talks to these guys for like two days straight with this pitch. And they give him, they're like, you can have the license for a year to get something, to, to get like a team together. Uh, he, he goes to meet with New Line Studios, his studio head. He, they show him, they show the studio head, like, the rough script and the idea. And the studio head talks for two hours about how he hates every part of this idea. And then gives them $18 million to make this What? What? (laughs) Larry Kasanoff is an absolute mad lad who must have magic powers. Because everyone he talks to is like, that's a fucking terrible idea. Here's $18 million. I fucking hate it. Have all of the money you need. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cameron Diaz was almost in this movie. Fucking why? <laughs> she only wasn't was because in the early stages of filming, when they were doing the training to get people fighting ready, she broke her wrist. Ooh. They almost had Sean Connery as Raiden, but as they were in talk, Sean Connery said that he actually wanted to be golfing more, so he bowed out. He just said he wanted to go golf. Yeah, he's like he was more interested in golfing and filming. So they instead got Christopher Lambert, the Highlander guy. Highlander guy. Uh, I <laughs> I honestly can't blame Sean, Sean Connery. Connery. Like you're Sean, because you're like Sean Connery, it's nineteen ninety three ninety four at this point. Like you're like, yeah. some video game movie. No, I'm not doing that. Yeah, like a video game movie for which, oh god, he just. I think that was that was a good good move on yeah. his part. Um, the creators behind the Mortal Kombat game did not envision Raiden as being Christopher Lambert. They never in the first games you don't really see Raiden's face. He's kind of always like electrified. Um, mm-hmm. But they're like you know Raiden's meant to be like based out of Chinese myth, and that's something that comes up a lot. Is like people have harped on Mortal Kombat in the past for having quote unquote racial stereotypes as characters um yeah this is this is valid and the creators the creators usually what they have said and said before and and the other side of that is like they just wanted to make a game with diverse characters which didn't exist um true in street fighter there's ryu who is looks like a white guy but he's meant to be japanese uh and i mean street fighter is made by capcom which is a japanese company but like their characters mostly just look white uh, except for E Honda, who has an imperial Japanese tattoo, which is a whole other problem, <laughs> which is a mess. Uh, um, and Chun Li, who is Chun Li, uh, 
if you know about Japan and China's history, which is also a mess. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they they were just like, you know, they're heavily inspired by Eastern stuff. Um, it gets in the first few games, you know, they're I will give them like they don't use they don't like make fantasy Japan or something, you know, it's just Earth. Uh yeah. In later games it gets sticky when they introduce like Shaolin monks and stuff, but Yeah. It you know I, it it was the for the time period, it was a major yes. step yeah. in the right direction. It was. Like now we can look back on it and be like, well, we have to do better than this mm-hmm. and we have to be better than mm-hmm. this. But in nineteen ninety two That was the um, best. <laughs> It was. This was, you know, being able to go into, like, an arcade and, like, see, like, a character who wasn't just, like, a white guy. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even, like, the inclusion of having women in the game was, like, pretty revolutionary. Right. Even though it's always kind of sticky about, like, how they're drawn punching and, yeah. women. Yeah, how they're drawn and, like, punching women in a fighting game. Mm-hmm. And, like, there's always that conversation mm-hmm. um, that, that goes on. But, like, um, you know, at that time, it was it was good for that time. Right. But um, now we have to move forward. <laughs> and I, I tried to find um, thoughts on it from the Asian community, and it's pretty. It's mm-hmm. also pretty split, uh, which is fair. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for someone to be a monolith to tell me if Asian people think it's bad or not. Uh, so it's it's still pretty split on like some people being like, I mean, they're inspired by Eastern art and martial arts and traditions, and so they made stuff inspired by it. They don't say it's authentic. That's fine. And some people who are like. Liu Kang's a racial stereotype. Liu Kang is also, like, clearly a Bruce Lee stand-in, which is now pretty yeah, I- standard. Like, every fighting game has, like, a Bruce Lee character. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, like... I mean, Bruce Lee was a huge part of history and a huge part of martial arts, so it's... If you're gonna make a fighting game, it's kind of like you have to. Yeah, exactly. So... That's just to say, like, that's going on. The creators weren't sure about Lambert as Raiden, but they liked his performance. Um, So, at some point, the film goes to film in Thailand. Christopher Lambert is the most expensive part of this film. And they are like, we cannot (laughs) afford him to go to Thailand. So they do a bunch of shots in the California setting of close-ups and stuff. And some faraway shots, and they're like, we'll just CGI Lambert in. And they weren't, Mm -hmm. like, they didn't even ask him. Christopher Lambert found out they were going to Thailand. And he said, quote, fuck it, I'll go to Thailand for free. Oh, Christopher Lambert <laughs> filmed just... half of this movie for free because he wanted to make sure it's the best movie it could be. Oh, that's nice. Um, he then also paid for the rap party with his own money in Thailand. Oh my god! Uh, what he said he got? He said he <laughs> he reportedly stopped taking calls from his lawyers and agent because he was working for free, and they're like, "You can't do that." But he <laughs> he at the time like he's I mean. He had Highlander money. He didn't care. He was like a big actor. He like he was a good egg. He was like, I just want to make a good movie. He was kind of just having a good time. Yeah, he was just having a good old time. He was he, like, fuck it. He just wanted to go to Thailand. He was just like, an excuse for me to go to Thailand. Yeah, I can pay for it. Yep. Let me go. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, this movie shouldn't have worked. People got really hurt. People were reportedly taking Advils like they were candy because of those fight scenes. Oh my god. And then it made a lot of money. Um, interesting enough, the soundtrack also was never supposed to work. Really? Yeah, they had a hard time getting the soundtrack out at all. Um, yeah. And the soundtrack went on to... it's. I didn't research it too much, but the soundtrack went on to be... It's like a platinum-selling movie soundtrack. Really? Yeah. Ooh. Um, but they had a hard time getting it through 
production and through people, the soundtrack for the movie didn't come out to buy until like three years after the movie got made. Whoa. Um, That's wild. But yeah, and I mean, today I have stats here on MK11, which is the most recent game. Um, It's interesting because they went from a four-person team making a game in a year to a 200-person team making a game in, I think, MK11 production that we know of. Because game production now isn't, like, they don't tell you when they're working on it. Um, Yeah. But it got announced, like, three years before it was released, so probably a five-year production. Um, Mm -hmm. But today, Mortal Kombat 11, as as of November of 2020... Have an average player count, and we know this because like people get online and play it. Has an average online player count of two million six hundred seventy-five thousand people. Oh my god! Its peak player, uh, rate its peak player performance. So like where the servers are the most full, averages around seven thousand people. Um, Jeez. Which you're like, that's the whole world. And I'm like, yeah, but like seven thousand people at one time playing a game is a lot of people. Like. <laughs> Yeah, if you're not Fortnite. <laughs> yeah, if you're not Fortnite, especially November of 2020, everybody. Like, mm-hmm. there's so much going on last year. Uh, there was. So that's just absolutely wild. Um, the fact that Mortal Kombat is such a force still is... Like, this game wasn't supposed to get made, and then, frankly the u.s the country came out of did everything it could to kill it it's had it's had posters that were censored it has the first ever um commercial that was banned that they didn't even plan on airing it was like a commercial that was going to be promo material if you had bought like um mortal kombat annihilation which is the or i'm the second movie if you bought the second movie is going to be like an ad in the second movie for their next game mortal kombat shaolin monks Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was also released on the internet because the internet was becoming a thing, but they weren't going to air it. And even then, the Advertising Standards Authority were like, you can't air this on TV. And they were like, we don't plan to air it on TV. He's like, yeah, just making fucking sure, kid. <laughs> you can't air this on TV. So um. it's just a game wrought with controversy. Yeah. Do you think that we would still be talking about Mortal Kombat without the controversy? No, absolutely not. Yeah, so, you know, as devastating as it as it was, mm-hmm. I feel as though that controversy has kept it in the public consciousness. Yeah. Like, even if you haven't played Mortal Kombat, you've heard about, like, oh, that, that game mm-hmm. that was, like, in the hearings. Or, you know, um, I feel like every time a new one comes out, there's always some kind of controversy uh, uh, that kind of comes out mm-hmm. that people are always buzzing about. Um, so It's, like, free I think, PR because, like... yeah. Anytime it gets brought up, it makes more people want to look into it, right? Because yeah, if it if it gets released and the congressional hearings don't happen, because that helps, like they were their whole thing. And as we talked about in that in the Night Trap episode, like Sega's whole thing kind of was like, we aren't Nintendo, we are edgy. That ma- yeah. like what makes you look edgier than like essentially cops being like you can't exist. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, like. Mortal Kombat without like the home market and like the ESRB hearings and the controversy mm-hmm. like might not still be around because like I don't think Mortal Kombat is do they still make Mortal Kombat like arcade games like new arcade cabinets for Mortal Kombat? Uh no, they were there was a mm-hmm. what's it called arcade 1 which is like a company that will make cabinets, you know, like 
Yeah, re, re, repro cabinets. Yeah, they, they did that, but they... I think the last cabinet release was MK3, short of, like... Mm-hmm. If you find a modern-day arcade, they will probably have, like, a system behind a cabinet they built or something, but they don't make cabinets anymore. It's a console game now. No. Yeah, like, Street Fighter is still getting cabinets, yeah. but Mortal Kombat has shifted, like, completely to just, like, console gaming. Mm-hmm. Um which is kind of like more in line with like the American video game market right. because you know once again like we don't really have an arcade market um, mm-hmm. when we get like arcade games they're like imported usually mm-hmm. uh, so you know there's a round one at a mall near here right. and it's like um all of the arcade cabinets are like in Japanese right. because like we just don't make any right. really aside from like Mario and Sonic at the Olympics <laughs> or something. <laughs> Which I hate that cabinet. That doesn't sound like a fun cabinet. It's expensive and it's not worth it. Oh, how much is it? Oh, I'm trying to remember. I haven't been at the Dave and Buster's in like five years. Oh, right. But like it was like it was like marginally more expensive than like any other game at Oof. Dave and Buster's, you know. Oof. And it wasn't like a long experience, so it's not like when you play like the Mario Kart cabinet, mm-hmm. which is another cabinet that we've gotten here. Mm-hmm. You get to play a whole round of Mario Kart, and with like Sonic and Mario the Olympic Olympic Games, mm-hmm. you just like do like one Olympic thing with like the the tools they have provided you mm-hmm. in the arcade cabinet, um, which is a little bit neat. But it's over in the blink of an eye. Oh, ew. Yeah, it's not. It's not a fun cabinet. Um, what was I talking about? <laughs> uh, arcade cabinets. I I forgot. I had two things about the movie I missed. Uh, one. Yeah. Almost no one from the production team was in LA for the opening weekend because they were so afraid. Uh, oh. And so they like one guy was in Hawaii, someone else was in like they were like they went to the premiere and then they <laughs> left. They were like, oh god. Um, Ed Boone talks about waking up on Sunday morning and seeing on CNN that like Mortal Kombat opened at twenty three million dollars, and he was he he said he called his mom and said, "What the fuck?" Because <laughs> like it was. <laughs> He, he made this game with four people, and now it's the biggest fucking movie deal in the world. One guy was in Hawaii and was like, what do you mean biggest opening weekend in August? <laughs> uh, wow. The other thing is, Brenda, I think you'd find this interesting. The script, when they were going into pre-production production, was not done. The director encouraged <laughs> them to ad-lib and just work out the scenes as characters. <laughs> what the fuck? Wow. This movie should not have done good, let alone, like, historically good. Yeah, absolutely it shouldn't, <laughs> but it did. Here we, here we are, the year of our Lord Mickey Mouse 2021, and a new Mortal Kombat movie is being released tomorrow, and... Oh! Um... Yeah, as of this recording, everybody, the next, the new Mortal Kombat movie, the, like, reboot film, quote-unquote, will be getting dropped, um... Tomorrow in theaters and also on HBO Max. Um, it came HBO Max. It came out in Asian markets, I think, two weeks ago, and I haven't looked into too much on how it's doing because I don't want spoilers. Yeah. The one thing I do know is one of the big things is they really wanted to make sure they had the diverse cast again, and every everyone that's been in this movie, Brenda, is like it is one of the best sets they've been on. Man, okay, maybe. Not to spoil Ghost of the Movies next week, but maybe we do have to watch Mortal Kombat I mean, before Ghost of the I'll, Movies. I'm going to watch it. It's your call. Uh, I okay, will be watching let's it. Do, 
let's do uh, Mortal Kombat instead of Big Monkey, but we've got to keep <laughs> the other movie <laughs> in the top. What was the other? What a combo. What's that? I, you'll have to text me. I forgot what the other one was supposed to watch. <laughs> oh, I'm just going to say it because I want everyone to know how absolutely absurd okay. this next episode is. So it won't, the next episode won't be a surprise. But anyway, we're watching uh, Mortal Kombat and Cinderella 3. Oh, right. A twist in time. I can't wait for whatever segue we come up with. And the way Scorpion pulled out the spine reminded me of the dance scene. I've never seen Cinderella 3, everybody. I hope it is so chaotic. It's been a while since I've seen it, so just know. But it's very chaotic, and it shouldn't be as entertaining as it is, Um, if I remember correctly. The big thing is uh, there are shitty assholes on the internet, because they removed Johnny Cage from the film. Johnny Cage is not in this film. Because they did not want to have a white hero character in this film that is based out of, like heavily influenced by like eastern martial arts and eastern mythology that like it felt very racist for like one of the heroes to be the white guy um valid so a lot of assholes were like but by doing that and by saying it look they they, i found an art the article i first read about it was a guy being like but by saying that they've made this movie racist uh (gasps) that's not how that works everybody uh it's not how no johnny cage (laughs) won't be missed there's probably gonna be a cameo towards him frankly there'll probably be like a guy who is like on tv or something you know and it'll be johnny cage and that'll be it uh mm-hmm. he's just not the focus he's just not the focus um because they're doing the thing that a lot of video game movies are doing these days where like the new there's a new character and he's kind of your lens into this world so you can yeah get caught up because the first film from 1995 was pretty much like if you like mortal Kombat, this is for you and then if you don't there you should like it and people did uh Mortal Kombat is, I cannot stress, I talked to my D&D group about it because I was researching for the podcast and I was like, I can tell you guys because I can't tell Brenda. And they were like, (laughs) so explain to me what Mortal Kombat is. And I was like, oh, you fucking idiot. Okay. So. (laughs) I've activated my trap card. I was like, do you want me to start with the reboot retcon franchise? They started with Mortal Kombat uh mk9 which retold the story of the first like three games but changed the timeline or should i start with 11 which is them fighting the past and the present or should i go back to 1992 and explain what that story because like (laughs) it is when you have franchises that go this long and become story-based it becomes a mess it's like whenever marvel or dc is like we have to make all of the stories from the 60s make sense and you're like you don't but okay here we go yeah, it's like, we can just forget that those happened. And they're like, no, we must add in to why Thor had a an, a human identity <laughs> and was a doctor. <laughs> and it has to make sense in the present day. And it's like, can't you, you really just don't. be a So it God? turns out Thor, the whole t- there was a second dude. And you're like, okay, this seems like a lot. Oh. <laughs> you can just do what the Marvel, the Thor Marvel movie did, where they like, very briefly like mention the name of his alias and they're just like oh this is this guy's this and, but he's and i like how they quickly dropped I, it like anyway everybody with thor's a god and he hangs out here and they're like oh well, and yeah. we're, we're moving on uh. yeah it's like we're done with that we did you like that little homage all right we're done with it bye yeah um <laughs> yeah so i the new film looks fucking incredible it's going to be a fun action movie time i think it knows what it is and it's not going to try and belabor that and anytime actors are happy on set you get a good result like for the actors to be like i had a great time getting cast i had a great time on set like you can tell you can tell 
Joss Whedon, when people aren't happy <laughs> on what? Joss Whedon. And they <laughs> seem to be giving a subpar performance, Josh Whedon. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I, was, I felt a chill in the air. You you said his name three times and you've invoked oh, him. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, Josh Whedon's to, here. To PSA, everybody. Uh, Josh Whedon has a new show on HBO Max called The Nevers, and I'm letting you know so you know to never watch it. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, so they... <laughs> good one. Good yeah, I see, see um, how I used the title of his thing to tell you not... I just... I'm le- I'm warning people because it, it's like a cool, like, steampunk British superhero ladies. It's Josh Whedon. Yeah, well, like, they're not advertising him as being involved, so you just see... There's, like, the Nevers, yeah. and, like, you oh, yeah. don't, they, you don't they, really they find out. No. <laughs> they've, they've wiped it, and he he isn't... He already watched it, and you're just like, oh, shit. Um, he's not going to have any involvement going forward but they still do probably have to pay him like something so maybe um you know watch an anime instead (laughs) or go in the seven seas and take it (laughs) yeah you didn't hear that from me uh that's that's mortal that is the mortal Kombat i could digest for this episode everyone i spent i brenda will be proud i spent three days instead of just last night going over it and multiple I'm times had to put my head down like there's so much shit about Mortal Kombat. Every every single fucking Mortal Kombat thing has its own like I found I found news clippings of like articles from the 90s and like scrolled through them <laughs> like I was in a fucking detective movie trying to find this article about Mortal Kombat. I I got a I could have just found a YouTube clip but I was like no, I want to find it myself so I found like he, the New York Times from 1994. Like, okay, let's flip through this digital copy of the New York <laughs> Times I just bought from 1994. Oh my god. I love that. That was me in the Sonic episode, <laughs> like a Sonic movie episode, where I was just like, this can't get any more wild. And then it, and then did. it did. Like, yeah, what a journey. This is a good topic. Thank you, Yeah, Austin. you're welcome. It has a bunch of stuff from Guinness, too, that I forgot about. It has a bunch of Guinness World Records. <laughs> including Jeez. largest promotional campaign for a fighting game, Mortal Kombat 3. Whoa. Wow. 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 I want well, them to make I want them to make from this movie in 2021, I want them to make a game based off the movie based off the game. Yes, please. It's going to be like Street Fighter the movie the game. Oh uh. my god, did they do that? They did that. Well, so okay. Oh my fucking uh, real quick, god! Really. Oh my yeah, fuck! So the Street Fighter movie, <laughs> Street Fighter the movie, the game, and it was so like Street Fighter traditionally only like has like like two D sprite mm-hmm. graphics, whereas Mortal Kombat has like um digit digitized digitized actors yes. um digitized actors, and um and which by the way uh, Mortal Kombat 4 was the first um the first one that used motion capture instead of digitization. Yeah. But anyway, so the Street Fighter the movie the game used digitized actors and they recorded the footage while they were shooting the movie oh, and I my think fucking they, god. Yeah, I think they got Cl- Jean-Claude Van Damme to do it wow. like to be in the game. I can't remember if that's right or not. I don't have time to research, but like um one of my favorite jokes is where you kind of like combine like the movie the game the novel the you know like that mm-hmm, kind of streak mm-hmm. so like every time i think about it it's so fucking good that's incredible um i was like i know they they almost made a sequel for the street fighter movie that never happened uh yeah i don't think it deserved no it. there's a mortal Kombat <laughs> sequel it's bad most of the people did not want to be involved in it from the first one 
Yeah, so that's never good. Yeah, a lot of people are like, I won't be in that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, All right, we got to go before go. this is our lo- one of our longest episodes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, 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 I was trying to think of a Mortal Kombat joke, but I can't. So, oh, f- finish him. That's what they f- finish. Goodbye. Fatality. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to be it. Goodbye. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. You can find us at Nerd Mysteries on Twitter. The show is edited and produced every week by the amazing host Brenda. And as a reminder, please, please, please... For listening to the podcast, throw us a five-star review. Helps the show out a lot. Tell a friend about the show. And until next time, historians, see ya.